New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Guy Finley, spiritual teacher, founder and director of Life of Learning Foundation, author of over 45 books, including The Seeker, The Search, The Sacred Journey to the Greatness Within. I'm speaking with Guy at his home by remote connection. Welcome, Guy, to the New Dimensions Cafe. I'm happy to be in the cafe with you, Justine. Oh, thank you. Me too. <laughs> I'm happy to sit here with you. I'd like to talk about being overwhelmed. And these days, that seems to be where most of us live, at least in part, uh, if not most of the time. There are the big catastrophic challenges that we collectively face. And then there are the individual, unpredictable, and uncontrollable moments that lead to feelings of overwhelm. And in your experience, should we be dealing with these separately, or can we effectively face both of them with a single strategy? I don't know if I would use the word strategy, but I think I would bring in the idea of changing our relationship to these moments so that the relationship is predicated first and foremost on our wish to understand why it is that we feel overwhelmed as we do. Men and women on this planet have been fighting with what overwhelms them for millennia. And the only thing that's changed is where that fight occurs and the unfortunate outcome of actually nothing changing except looking forward to another war of some kind somewhere on this planet. So I think that if we can understand that, we can Look at this from a completely different mindset, Justine, and here's what I suggest. Why do I get upset with this, that, or the other? And then you fill in the blanks, listeners. What is this, that, or the other? It's because in the moment that I'm disturbed, part of that disturbance is I am thrown into a pain that I don't know what to do with other than to point the finger and blame someone or something for it. We are not good stewards of our own consciousness because the condition does not create the pain. It reveals a content in that consciousness waiting to be set off. And when we have these reactions, not knowing that this pain is part of the process of changing, of literally becoming a new human being. Why? I start to see. You know what? This pain has come with me since I was eight years old. Anytime somebody looks at me in a certain way, I have the same reaction. Anytime I hear a certain tone of voice, I get set off. So I start to recognize my first task has to be to understand this pain in my consciousness. And the beauty of this, Justine, is that we can start to understand we're created to transcend this consciousness and its insistence that nothing set it off. Where are you going to go in this world where you're not going to be set off by something? It doesn't exist. 
So let me set out into this world to understand the consciousness that's set off by everything. They burned my toast at the restaurant. I talked to myself for three days about it. So can I change my relationship to my own reaction? This is where the whole idea of being a witness, of observing myself comes into play. Then the pain of the moment serves for the perfection of the consciousness brought into that moment instead of punishing me and everyone else because I don't know what else to do with my pain. You talk about that pain leads to blame often. Yes. I mean, a psychologist would call these our triggers. You know, Mm. let's say here, I'm going to confess my big trigger where I get very reactive is when my technology doesn't work. And I've looked at this. I've looked (laughs) deeply at this. Okay, so fine. I'm having to just stop in my tracks, whatever I'm doing, and I've got to figure this out. And I hopefully can get help to figure it out or however I go Google it or whatever. But what I'm really resisting, and I've looked at this carefully, is and dissected it, is that it's the time I had projected I would be doing such and such and such in this time frame. And suddenly that just gets blown up. Yeah, And that's where the frustration comes in for me is because I project out uh, my to-do list and I'm going to get all of this done. And when my time then gets blown up, that's where I, I just lose it. Okay, so this is great, because it isn't Justine proper that sets out this schedule. It's natural to make a schedule. But when the schedule that should be natural turns into the pain of an expectation denied, then suddenly, ah, wait a minute, the problem is something something in my identity is challenged by this moment. So the condition running over time, running into some technological glitch, which we all do, and as the older we get, the more difficult it seems to be. (laughs) The, The real hitch here is that the trigger is something that I brought with me into the moment. I brought this expectation without knowing it. And this is key, Justine, because we cannot judge ourselves. It's just part of the way this consciousness works. I have a certain set of responsibilities. I want to get done with this and that. And by the way, I want to get done with this and that so I can have time to do this and that after that, and then maybe God willing rest. So that the very idea of a rest to come is the source of what's wrecking my life in the moment. And if I can start to see that, then I can do what? I can put down the gun. See, I didn't create that trigger. An unconscious aspect of my nature did. And then it wants to shoot the situation and blame it for the pain. No, in that moment, I'll be the first one to lay down the gun. I'm going to lay myself down. It hurts. I don't want to do it. I'm full of demands, but I understand. Let me not be delivered into the hands of unconscious expectations and instead delivered into the understanding that whenever this consciousness creates one of these, I'm going to find myself in the dark shooting back at situations and blaming them for my pain. Now I know where the real pain is produced, just like we started our talk here. Mm. So what's the practice I do? I mean, for myself, 
what I do is I go to my breath because the pain comes from the solar plexus. I mean, it gets tight down in my solar plexus and I start to hold my breath and whatever. (laughs) So my first practice is a physical one. Okay. What would you suggest then? What's the help for this? Yes, yes. All right. So first, the contraction is not in the solar plexus. Mm. That's where we feel it. The contraction is an unseen conflict in my own consciousness where I have a demand I don't know I have that is not met by the moment that's supposed to answer it. So I am at war with life, literally in that moment. And I blame the pain of that consciousness on the condition. You're saying that it doesn't start in the body at all. It's something else. It's consciousness itself. Yes, yes. It doesn't start in the body. The body is the instrument of the mind. We all know that. As goes my consciousness, so follows the content of my experience. So suddenly I'm filled with this tension, but the tension started with an image of myself that was denied by the moment that came. Boom, I'm at war. Now, what do you think is the real solution? Nothing wrong with breathing, but if I get identified with breathing as the solution to the problem in my mind, then I'm not really meeting the moment head on. How do I meet the moment head on? Listeners, write this down. The real old definition of the word patience is to suffer myself. The definition of the word patience is to suffer myself. That's why St. Paul said, in your patience, possess you your soul. Because he was alluding to this fact that if I can be patient in the moment of this pain, instead of lashing out or trying to escape it, then I will develop an awareness of the consciousness that is pushing against itself that I'm not present to. Then I can begin to let go of Justine. It isn't that I don't have a schedule, but I'm not going to let the schedule skew me, you know, stick me with a skewer so that I'm on the rotisserie of my demands. No, no, no. I'm going to sit back. I'll do my breathing if that's what I do. I'll become fully present and I will allow the pain of this consciousness to change my relationship to it because I won't identify with what the consciousness is saying is the cause of the pain. Now I see it directly. Okay. Does this go to the T.S. Eliot phrase of we arrive at the place and recognize it for the first time? Very much so. Very much so. Good intuition. That's exactly right. See, we're always in the same place until we're aware of something that keeps us in that same place. Resistance is the father of reincarnation. So that my resistance seems to want to change the condition, but the resistance is coming out of a conditioned consciousness that doesn't want to change. It wants everything to change so it can be right, so it can have the life it wants. That's death, not life. In our patience, we discover this and begin to go through a natural process. You don't even have to try to do it. I just can't agree anymore to suffer for the sake of something that's killing me. I can't do it. God help me because I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know what I'm not going to do. I know what I'm not going to be anymore. So in that moment that my technology fails me, 
you're suggesting I need to go to the underlying cause of that initial pain before I do my breathing exercises. Yes, yes, yes. Three words. Write them down, listeners. Stop, drop, and endure. Stop, drop, and endure. Stop what? Well, I've been here a thousand years. I keep leaving the same place thinking I'm going to get someplace new, which is the definition of insanity. I'm going to come to a stop. God help me. I know I cannot listen to or act from a thought or feeling about this reaction. Then I'm going to drop everything that comes up. You'll hear voices. You'll hear yelling. You'll feel all this resistance telling you, you've got to move, man. You can't just sit here doing nothing. What are you, a vegetable? All of these accusations on the part of a consciousness that does not want you to come to a stop. Because if you come to a stop and drop all of the insinuation that follows, then you're going to have to be present and endure the consciousness that does not want you to wake up to what it's doing to you. Because that's what it's doing to you. It's trying to drag you back into its world where you can be its servant again by repeating the pattern it produces. So then how do we get beyond if we sit there and endure it? How do we get beyond? Uh, Because all of that negativity is mechanical in nature. It has no intelligence of its own. And if you don't feed the machine with resistance, it will simply run out of stuff to feed itself with. And you'll be sitting there looking at something that you realize this was really nothing at all. And thank God I went and became still. I allowed intelligence to act instead of me acting from what I always thought was intelligent that's not. You see the machine grind to a halt, and then Justine knows, oh, I'm not this reaction. Mother of pearl, I always thought I was. No, I'm not. Now I have a hint. And then you work with that, and then you see these reactions come up more and more, and you actually begin to understand, my task isn't to be the instrument of the reaction, it's to be the illuminator of the consciousness caught up in it. Then it dies by itself and you, meaning the one who's always caught in the fight, you die into the light in the real meaning of the word, then the light does the fighting for you and you're out of it. Now you are truly a conscious witness to your own life in that beautiful service to this bridge of intelligence that we've been talking about. Wow, you have taken us on a (laughs) whirlwind tour of Illumined Consciousness. Thank you so much for being with us today, Guy. We could talk more and more and more, but you've given us a lot to think about here and a lot to be with. So I want to remind our listeners that I've been speaking with Guy Finley, spiritual teacher and founder and director of Life of Learning Foundation, author of over 45 books, including The Seeker, The Search, The Sacred Journey to the Greatness Within. And to find out more about his work, you can go to his website, guyfinley.org. That's Guy, G-U-I, Finley, F-I-N-L-E-Y, guyfinley.org. 
or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org, where you'll find over 1,700 programs. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.